and welcome to this Halloween episode of Breakout, the podcast on the Great Escape. I'm Rich. Joining me is Felic. Hi. Ben. Hello. Chrissy. Hello. And Mark. To start off this horrific special show, let's roll back earlier this month when The Great Escape and sister company Hellbound Media went to the 2016 Bristol Horicon. Mark, why not tell us all about it? Yeah, so this month we uh, went to Bristol Horicon, which was great fun. Uh, In the future in Bristol, heart of the city. Um, Basically, it's the second year of it. Uh, Special guests, uh, Caroline Munro and who is a Hammer Horror legend, of course, uh, Dracula AD 72, an underrated gem, and Lawrence R. Harvey of The Human Centipede 2 and My Bloody Banjo. Um, <laughs> yeah, and basically we were there, uh, The Great Escape was there, um, represented by Rich and Chrissy, and while I was there with Hellbound Media selling our horror comics, and it was a fantastic show. Did you have say? anything new out for this one, or is it... Uh... No, we had no specific no releases, yeah, no launches, yeah. but we had stuff we haven't had in the Bristol sort of area before, so that was good, cool. including the disease, our latest. That's your newest one, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Cool. Uh, so Rich and I were um, promoting Gabriel Cushing. Um, we had uh, all of the uh, sort of Gabriel Cushing merchandise out, spreading the word about the Gabriel Cushing titles and getting people in, in interested in uh, finding out more about the intrepid demon hunter. Um, so it's quite nice because actually when you when you tell people that they can go sort of to the website and explore all the different stories, they, they're sort of like, their eyes light up and they're like, oh, explore, you say. <laughs> so that's really cool. Um and then also just because it's fun, um, we were also selling cupcakes. Um, I'm obviously uh, the special effects designer for a lot of the Great Escapes um, productions. And uh, I turned some of my special effects skills to Sugarcraft and created some gory cupcakes and, and also some fun, cute ones as well. So The uh, sugar ice glass stuff after a couple of days was actually quite sharp but tasty <laughs> it's sharpest when it's first made it tends to melt around the edges a little bit so yeah yes uh, uh, sugar glass made from uh, you know, uh, liquid sugar and uh, melted and made into uh, plate plate glass each uh, actually a trick they use in the films to make uh, bl- gla- uh, glass bottles they smash over people's heads and things it's all all made of sugar and so I was practicing my sugar glass making and then smashing it up and putting it on the top of cupcakes to make it look like it was broken glass in the cupcakes uh, and you had a lot you sold out didn't you I did they were the most popular ones they were um, followed by uh, Bleeding Hearts and, and, and Bloody Finger Severed Fingers I think were the, the next most popular and we, we did amazingly well we had our um, sort of replica Hellraiser boxes as well which sold as well as the, the horror comics there was so much interest so many amazing costumes you know, all the I saw iconic uh, Freddy, Jason, Michael Myers. I like, and then, I like the guy walking around as the Undertaker. He had some awesome contact <laughs> lenses as well. He looked really kind of ominous. Oh, he did. So he that, that's the, the Undertaker from WWE. Yes. <laughs> There's some obscure ones though as well. Like American Mary was there. Um, there was a, a Chucky and Tiffany. Uh, some, what was yeah. the, the one that was like the sackcloth pumpkin head thing? Oh, I don't recognise that character. Sam from Trick or Treat, which is a... Uh, anthology horror film which is brilliant and pretty much the uh, recommended Halloween viewing alongside Halloween. We actually went to Rotherham Horrorcon a little while ago and we got a wonderful photo of Sam from Trick or Treat and Michael Myers together. Oh nice. It was, uh, <laughs> nice. A, yeah. a touching moment for you know horror fans everywhere. 
I like the uh, the two girls who were um, dressed up in identical co- uh, identical costumes. Apparently, it was one of their one of the girls' birthdays, and they'd gone to Harkon as their birthday pre- uh, surprise. It was really awesome. That is very awesome, and I didn't actually. Uh, it was the two them. the two girls with, uh, who basically were wearing they were wearing plain t shirts, but they were covered basically blood stains all over them, and they had their names on the back of them. Oh, fantastic. Oh, they. Um... Yeah, I, I think I know who you mean. Yes, they bought some of our cupcakes, I think. So I think they did, they yes. Did, yeah. <laughs> well, I hope they had the good time. Thank you, had and happy birthday. Yeah. yeah. It was an amazing time all round, I think. It was so much energy. Um, I did a pa- I was lucky enough to do a panel with um, a fantastic um, local filmmaker, actually, uh, Numi Spook. Um, she was really interesting. And actually with the two guests on the panel as well, Lawrence Harvey and Cameron Monroe, talking about remakes, which is very interesting. I had the uh, exciting uh, uh, moment I got to meet somebody who I've been working with uh, on a fiction anthology as well who I haven't met before which was um, Peter Sutton from the um, North Bristol Writers Group Um, I've got a um, story coming out in one of their future anthologies which is a little bit of a hush-hush secret at the moment because it hasn't been announced yet um, but uh, I've been uh, sort of corresponding with Peter and that was the first time I got to meet him so I bought a copy of his new new book and I also bought a copy of a um a werewolf horror film, which I will, uh, sorry, werewolf horror, horror book, um, which was uh, amply sold to me by its author as um, sort of a, a, a bit uh, a bit dog soldiers, dark humour, bloody, horrible, gory uh, werewolf horror. So I'm going to enjoy reading that one as well. So. Yeah, we met a lot of people. We, we know that. Uh, C.L. Raven, a uh, wonderful horror author, uh, twins from Cardiff, who are always talented and fun to meet. Um, there was Dave, is it their friend Dave? Davis, I think, who's behind Blaze of uh, Gory and uh, provide, <laughs> provided us previously with a, a horror film he made called uh, Animal Soup, which is only for those really into their horrendous exploitation. Mm. <laughs> and of course, we also got to see our good friend David Hastings, um, yeah. who was there promoting, um, you know, up, upcoming release of House of Screaming Death, which uh, I was associate producer on as well, and features uh, Teresa, yeah. who's in our carnival. And uh, isn't project. Matt Kinson in part Matthew of it as Kinson well? Matthew yeah. Kinson is actually playing multiple roles in, <laughs> in that. Uh, just as on Carnival Soils, yeah. he was under lots of makeup and prosthetics, and then appeared briefly out so of we're, them. So we're all super excited about How the Screaming Death coming out, which is um, their second uh, anthology film. This time it's a horror-themed one. Last time it was... A comedy drama. Yeah, there you go. So, <laughs> so you know, genre is no barrier to these people. <laughs> uh, also uh, involved in that is Troy Dennison, who's written a short story in The Great Escapes, Volume 1, yep. that Chrissy edited. Hmm. So, yeah, so lots of people that we know and lots of new people that we now know. So And cool. an amazing con. All in all, it was a good preparation for Halloween because, obviously, coming two weeks prior, it kind of got us all into the, the horrific spirit. So what are people's plans for Halloween this year? Well, every uh, Halloween, every October is Horror Movie Month and we aim to watch as many horror films, Halloween-themed films as possible across October. Our current record stands at, I think, 48. We are hoping to beat that this year, although we're recording this podcast today, which has unfortunately meant we haven't managed to get a film in. However, we can make up with that with some kid-friendly films during during the day. day. Um, We've already watched Hotel Transylvania, which is probably the only film of Adam Sandler in worth watching. Um, 
And he's yeah. not he's not he's in it but not in it. Well, his voice is in it, and yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so will you be watching horror movies on Halloween or? Uh, very likely. Uh, Halloween is on a Monday, I believe, as well. So we'll be taking the kids out trick or treating around the area and trying to scare the the local population as much as we can as well. And and will you be dressing up to take the kids out? That well, they will, will be dressing up. They will be dressing, will you be dressing up. up. Will I be dressing up? Well, that. That remains to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> we can always dig a few pairs of vampire fangs out of the zombie vampires' uh, prop box. So, uh, yeah, I'll just, I'll just go as a, I'll go as a um, serial killer because they look the same as everyone else. Speaking of movies and and horror movies and Halloween styled movies, um, I'm assuming you've heard about the new video on demand service that came out last month called Shudder. Shudder, yes. We, we have signed up and are on the free trial of Shutter and we'll be using there. There's actually quite a lot of good films on there. It's probably worth, worth a look at, actually, if you like scary movies, because uh, they keep adding stuff already. And it's interesting because, actually, they, they seem to be taking a lot of obscure stuff. It's almost like the 80s... I, it reminds me of Jerry Video, Jerry's Video, local <laughs> video store back in the day for us, or just any video store, really. You go into and where they had the horror section all this obscure stuff. Because Netflix tends to have a lot of the big-name ones. Mm. America, you get more selection on Netflix, but here it tends to be big-name horror films or some really obscure, odd ones. They've managed to pick up someone, but not much selection. You look on Shudder, there's just all sorts of variety and all sorts of quite obscure stuff. They've got a lot of Hammer and 80s and 70s ones that you might not otherwise get a chance to look. So that's going to be fun to... To watch anything is, I wish I could watch it via my TV. Oh, is it? Uh, is it uh, uh, online only? Is it not? Yeah, not, not they, haven't, they haven't got it on the Xbox or anything. Oh, yeah, shame. Uh, hopefully. Oh, hopefully it'll be it'll be something that that will be moving on to them at some point. Hopefully, so. hopefully. Hmm. What about you guys? What are you doing this Halloween? We haven't got any plans um, yet, uh, but what usually happens is we kind of stay home. Um, put something on the telly and wait for the trick-or-treaters that never come. And then by about nine o'clock, we gorge ourselves on all the sweets. Do you do you always buy a huge bowl of chocolate just in case? And then, then you don't Oh, yeah, we, we we always buy about £15 worth of sweets just in case someone comes along. Has, have you ever actually had a trick-or-treater? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, we've had one or two. Mostly teenagers who want money, though. What? Yeah. <laughs> Um, who usually don't even bother dressing up. Aren't those just <laughs> robbers? Aren't those just... And you just get mugged on your own doorstep. I mean, the very least they could do is buy a paper celebrity mask or something, isn't it? The very least. I, I, oh, I, I would suggest actually having some kind of pumpkin on your door mm. or skeleton or something. Inviting to trick or treaters mm. seems to be... But then they'd eat the, the sweets, so that's, that's, that's the whole... Yeah, yeah, that's... The, yeah, they... We don't actually want people to come and take our sweets. We just buy them in case they do. Mm. And then we eat them when they don't. So it's win-win. Really. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I have time with no drawbacks. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh. Meanwhile, I have, uh, I have a, a dreadful dilemma this, this Halloween. Normally on Halloween, we either um, go and crash out at Mark's and eat takeaway and watch horror movies or, um, or, or you know, or we do something similar at home on our own. <laughs> Um, but um, this year we're actually going to be on holiday right over Halloween. And more specifically, we're going to be on a cruise ship full of old people <laughs> with my family. So we are, you know, considering whether or not we can 
bring a little of the Halloween spirit to the, the, the cruise ship that we're going on. We're thinking we may just about be able to squeeze some space into our suitcases to pack a costume or two <laughs> and uh, and see if we can we can dress up anyway, just even though we might be the only people there doing it. Grim Reaper. <laughs> what I was thinking of doing, potentially, was um, we've, I've got a strange suspicion that the day that Halloween falls on on the cruise ship is what they call formal night which is basically getting doled up and... You sort know, of black tie. Black tie yeah. and so on and so forth. So what I was actually going to do was um, go for like a good, you know, good formal suit, but with the addition of a cape. Preferably a red silk-lined yeah. cape. <laughs> so, so something that would fit in, but would something also... a little Dracula-esque. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So therefore, I'd get up to... Um, to the restaurant I'd get to the door and if they complain about the fact that I'm wearing a cape and claim that it's not formal I go well this is my formal cape you should see my my, my smart casual cape I've got for the other days <laughs> I'm no I'm, I'm sticking with Grim Reaper you just need to go round and knock on old ladies cabin doors no I think no would, I suppose that would be quite thematic because of the fact that you could be death on a cruise ship in a kind of Agatha Christie sort of I'm style I'm just trying to think of whether there was any whether there's well I know there have been but um uh, horror films set on ships and whether we could do something ghost ship you know properly properly thematic um what was the other one we saw the other day which was the uh the the hammer one or oh yeah um island of was it island of terror no No. it wasn't island of terror it was um the island of lost souls no speed two was quite horrific (laughs) 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 you're not supposed to speak spoil He's like, right, though. You're not supposed to speak about that film. Mm. Uh, gave me nightmares for years. There's also the um, the one with the tentacle monster in the bowels of the ship, which is... I, I'm, I'm so rubbish with names. Virus. No, well. that wasn't no, what I was thinking of. But yes, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, what is tentacle it Tentacle monster called? in the bowels of the ship. How old was it? Uh, ni- uh, early 2000s, 1990s. I will have to look this one up. I will find out what it's called. I know I, what you mean, though. Yeah, it's, well, it's like this black, weird tentacle monster yeah. thing that... Uh, um, uh, I can't remember. Obviously, now I've said virus, I've just got that in my head, but I know it's yeah. actually got a similar aesthetic, I think. A lot of them yeah. look like that. But that one's that a one. good, good one, horror movie um, on, yeah, on, on so a cruise ship. The so. horror film's on yeah. boats, that does, that does happen. Mm. But frankly, basically, you know, it's a cruise ship for old people, so it's not the the nearly dead. <laughs> I could do zombie, couldn't I? I could take a little bit of my prosthetic makeup with me and just sort of like, just do a little bit of a... You, know, you, you just blend in, then. That's the thing. That's true. <laughs> we, we, we love old people, really, honest. So what's everyone's favourite thing about Halloween? Um, I'm thinking costumes. I'm thinking I, I like the whole kind of dressing up and and doing something along those lines. I liked the um, the Blinks the Time Sweeper costume that I made you that one time. That was very that was cute. Very Although cool. nobody got it because... It's very obscure, it's yeah. It's a bit obscure. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like um, sort of horror-themed foodstuffs. I think my favourite part of uh, Halloween is making weird, weird treats. Uh, as you can tell from my sort of uh, my cupcake exploits at the Horrorcon. Um, so yes, I was making uh, bloody severed fingers in in cupcakes, and uh, I like um, you know finding strange Halloween-themed recipes on on Yumly and shots. Yes, and cocktails, crazy cocktails. Our favourite being the uh, the the brain hemorrhage, which uh, I actually have a video on my YouTube uh, account, my personal YouTube account, on how to make a brain hemorrhage, featuring none other than Mark Adams as the hands. And you should check out because not only do they look amazing, they taste great. They do. That's true. It's uh, peach snaps, 
Baileys and uh, grenadine for the blood. It looks grotesque, beautiful, <laughs> and tastes like peaches and cream. Mm. Okay, how about you guys? What's your favourite thing about Halloween? I think my favourite thing is probably the um, the atmosphere on Halloween. It just the night sky just feels electric, and uh, yeah, I just really love going out outdoors on or around Halloween. Same for bonfire night as well. It just feels really kind of close and full of energy. And mm, I know what you mean. Exciting. Yes. Plus also, cute children in costumes. <laughs> you know, you can just walk down the high street and just go, oh, oh, I think oh. <laughs> I, get, I get a lot of that sense just in, in October anyway, mm. or that kind of autumn time, but emphasise them. But I definitely think there's yeah. a something about an autumn, mid-autumn night. I, I should also add something to mine. My other favourite thing about Halloween, carving pumpkins. I love carving pumpkins. I'm not so keen on the whole scooping out of the squishy innards but I love making pumpkins I like the scooping out the squishy innards part well that's okay you can prep them and I'll carve them excellent because right. <laughs> um, I've, uh, I've done a couple of uh, pumpkin raffles in the past where I've carved uh, interesting sort of designs on pumpkins including our, our favourite Cthulhu pumpkin and uh, and also a, a really good demon that I did last year which I was really pleased with So and also a crazy pig pig was cool so. that was very cool we used to quite a lot when it was still on what's most haunted on Halloween, didn't we? We we went to a live one once actually in um, in Morecambe, and uh, it was an interesting experience. Not much happened really, but uh, it was still it was still worth going. But yeah, we, I miss doing that actually. Yeah, watching that. Although I think it it kind of worked for a certain age, but then after a certain age, you kind of can't get get the same feeling as when you watch it so <laughs> yeah it's probably yeah. something that's been and gone oh that's just oh that's kind of sad but <laughs> uh, uh, one other good thing about halloween it's uh something phallic pointed out to me a few weeks ago actually it's the one time of year when our black cat has a use <laughs> oh, um, i think you're fine that cat is a film star spoilers um <laughs> But I think the thing about Halloween, of course, it's the one time of year that uh, goths can decorate their house. Um, <laughs> but, uh, or at least it's socially acceptable for them to do it. <laughs> well, no, I mean, just generally get their, get their furniture. Oh, that's true. It's the only time they can actually actually source all of the things they need. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's the thing, but it's that time of year when, when everyone, the whole world goes crazy and it's like, but this is what life's like every part of the year it's like the whole world catches up with you when you're mm. into your horror quite a lot and suddenly everyone's into it at this time of year um, mm. which is interesting I think one of the best things here is just the atmospheres everyone's actually interested in the spooky things yeah. you've got, things, you've got to admit films. there is no other genre of you know movies or, or whatever that has its own festival <laughs> <laughs> well yeah I mean obviously uh, Halloween has its uh, own origins but it's well, interesting it does, yeah. the, the, the way it's sort of been embraced media-wise, all the stories, and everyone, everyone loves a scary story, and I think it, there's, there's, there's just a real atmosphere to Halloween, mm. which I think is is brilliant, and it's quite mm. fun. So yeah, there's just this real atmosphere that I think um, permeates the era, and you look on television, mm. and growing up actually, this is a major thing, what I loved about it, is mm. that before the days of Netflix or easy access to video, the horror films on late at night. It, you know. It's almost as if it's the it's the time of year when horror becomes mainstream more so, isn't it? You know, it's like it becomes you know the the primary genre for everyone to, to exactly. Watch. And it's really it's just it's it's a great time of year for catching films you haven't seen before to revisit old favourites, um, mm. and 
and that's probably one of my favourite aspects of it. And I sort of wonder, you know, in terms of the horror genre and horror films, does, what is everyone's sort of favourite horror films? What's... I've, I've got a few actually, but I'm probably not what you'd expect. I mean, I, I like sort of lots of different horror, but I, I usually like sort of adventure horror more than I like sort of particularly sort of gory horror or slasher horror. Or, or I know there's, there's sort of quite a lot of sort of bleak, quite bleak horror um, mm. that, that sort of came out in the last sort of uh, well, in the sort of like the the late 2000s early you know like the Saw films and the, and the um, not, to say they're not, not to say they're not good films mm. I'm just saying that, that mm. they're sort of they're quite bleak we've gone in, past that a lot yeah now. I we're think into so, a lot yeah. more optimistic horror now Absolutely. or at least horror that has um, yeah more narrative yes um, but so uh, I mean I'm, I'm also classic horror films love a lot of classic horror films Rich and I have been um, trawling our way through a lot of, um, of, of old Hammer films in the last sort of year or so but uh, finally um, but fa- favourite horror film oh it's hard to pick one um I would possibly say, and this is going to be a weird choice because um, I do like a lot of different horror films, but one of my favourite ones is um, is The Hole. And I'm not talking about the the older one, but the... Thor Birch. Yes, not the Thor not Birch that version. One. <laughs> not the Thor Birch one, but actually the... Um, I can't... I don't know who, who directed it. Joe Dante. There you go, Rich knows. Um, Joe Dante uh, directed it. It's just kind of like a, a sort of a very sort of mild sort of horror aimed at sort of, you know, it's kind of like a young adult kind of horror really in a way. Um, I don't know, it's pretty scary. It, but exactly, that's it. And that's one of the reasons why I love it so much because it... It's sort of it's not it's not a, it's not a kids horror movie like you know something like Monster House or Coraline although Coraline's quite quite scary but it's it's not sort of like kiddie it's it does actually have quite scary things in it it's got oh, this really creepy clown doll that actually you know hunts and attacks the little kid in it and um, and this this black hole that disappears into their their basement and it's very uh, poltergeisty. <laughs> it, in a way, it is, and they, they they drop at one point in the beginning they they drop a camera down this hole to see where it goes, and and then they watch the footage back, and as it turns around, it just goes past this sort of blinking eye, and it's just <laughs> and it's just it's quite um, you know frightening horror, but you know aimed at a, a sort of a younger audience and i think it's it's i like it because it's not it's unapologetic about that it's it's, it's saying it's okay to be scared it's okay it's frightening is allowed when you're you know you know how to protect people you know how to coddle people you can be frightening but it's still also you know in a bit of an adventure and that you know the kids have to investigate and they have to figure it out and and the adults don't believe them and and, and stuff and it's so it's still got that sense of like that you know, adventure and 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 winning against the That's bad. That's a very eighties um, kind of thing. The eighties would be on not just the Monster Squad, which is the obvious one, but just having younger kids in mm. horror. And if you look at the brilliant series like Stranger Things, that is completely. I haven't watched taken it yet. from that. It's so good, but it's it's you know taken from all that kind of Goonies, uh, Monster Squad, even Lost Boys. Mm. Um, mm. You know, putting the younger characters in there and sort of. Playing with that. Yeah. In terms of the the movie genre, I I, I particularly like. Um, whilst obviously a big fan of of the classic horror films, the genre I'm actually really big fan of is that black comedy horror films, like for example Black Sheep or Shaun the Dead or Slither, Slither or de- or actually even Demons. The um... Demons is fun. The Return of the Living Dead is probably the eighties epitome of comedy horror, mm. uh, giving us the classic line: "I know you're up there. I can smell your brains." I would also like to cite Idle Hands. <laughs> oh yeah, yes, very true. 
Yeah, even yeah, the 90s had a sense of humor. Oh, and Evil Dead 2, obviously, you know, referencing idle hands. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's really my sort of favourite horror genre, is that basically really bleak, dark humour. It's more sub-genre, isn't it? Because horror does have these sub-genres, and we're already seeing that sort of differences between them, I think. Well, that's the thing. I think more than any other sort of genre I think horror is one of those sort of things that that is almost like a layer on top of something else Mm. you know that you can have a a, a sort of core genre and you can add horror to it and it makes something different yeah I'd almost say that horror itself isn't so much a genre as as a as a useful umbrella to start Mm. different feelings but that's another discussion altogether I must admit I don't really watch a lot of horror these days Um, and I can blame I think it was for two for that um i saw it at the cinema and i can't remember at what point but um at one point the gore was just too much for me and then i think i blew a gore fuse or something (laughs) and i actually felt physically sick i I i had a bad experience similar to that um Kind of, I know this is really hard because it sounds like you're slating the film when actually it's actually more the fact that you just it's your personal preference and it just like it just turned out to not really be your taste. But the two films that put me off watching horror in the in the cinema were Cabin Fever and Dog Soldiers. Um, well, look, Dog Soldiers was a bit of an odd exception because the problem we had with Dog Soldiers <laughs> was not the film itself, but the fact that we were really hungry and didn't have an opportunity to get to the, it, the... It's not a film to go into holding a cinema hot dog. <laughs> let's, just, let's just put it that way. Anyway, too much too much sugar, too much caffeine, and yeah, our upset stomach was not helped by Dog Soldiers. But Cabin Fever, actually, for me, you know, really did put me off. What was the film that put you off? Um, yeah, Saw 2 in yeah. the cinema. It, uh, since then, I can't watch Gore now. Yeah. Um, but thinking back to probably when I was about nine, I think my favourite horror film then was probably Tremors. <laughs> I love Tremors! Everyone loves the monster Tremors movie. actually is probably, if I wasn't... I wouldn't... I, I, weirdly enough, I don't classify Tremors as a horror film. I classify it more as like a... Kind of verging more on a disaster movie, like a, like a survival disaster kind but of thing. Because it's movies, a monster movie, yeah. Monster movies are essentially, again, going back to yeah. that horror, they're the horror version yeah. of... The disaster movie. Yeah. Because you look at Jules. Jules is essentially a disaster movie. Yeah. It's a monster movie. It's, it's, it's more kind of a way. Up, it's more kind, kind of. of it's more kind of the way it's portrayed, isn't mm. it? It's like it's not. There's certain tropes and things in horror that, and the way it's portrayed, and in a way, I figure that Tremors and Jaws they're portrayed more in the style of. But they you know, are, I would like say, a, horror film because yeah. when you say the way it's portrayed, that's back to that subgenre idea. Yeah. Actually. The way horror is portrayed is startlingly different in different films. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Tremors is definitely a classic. And, and then after after that, then I started getting into the Terminator series. Um, the first one is... Would you say that's horror? I would. It's straight up 80s science fiction yeah. horror. You look at it other was, yeah, sci-fi 80s horror, yeah. sci-fi horror, Terminator fits perfectly into it. I think a lot of people forget that, actually. Mm. But the second one is more of an action-adventure. It's more and of an action fiction. movie. It's, 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 it's a nice action yeah. film. But it doesn't feel so much like a horror because it's got less... I mean, obviously you've still got a sense of menace in it, but it's much more of a kind of, um, you know, an action kind of mm. film menace rather than a horror menace. Definitely. Know? And, and yeah. people say, oh, there's that science fiction. But you look at the future scenes in the first time as well. There's, there's, They're not just apocalyptic, they're hellish. They're mm. like a hellscape in itself. Yeah. There's a lot of that. And you look at a lot of 80s horror films, there's a lot of... Sort of techno horror in the 80s. Mm. 
Uh, yes, the other one, I don't know if it classes as horror or psychological horror or whatever, and that's Misery. Oh, that is, yes, well, obviously, yeah. you know, is Misery Hitchcock? No. Um, You're thinking Stephen King? Yes, yes, Stephen King's, yes, an adaptation, isn't it? Yes, but, but yes, I mean, um, yeah, Misery is one of the most horrific films that I know of. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I, I no, that. just thinking about it makes my leg feel funny. <laughs> I did watch that a lot when I was a kid as well. Great uh, film, great film. Mm. Yeah, it was done by the same director as This is Spinal Tap. Um, Rob Reiner? Possibly. Alec, do you have a... Um, yeah, I like bits and pieces. I wouldn't say I like the whole kind of horror thing as an overall genre, but I like things like The Others, that film, that's kind of like a... Amazing film. Kind of that more, kind of psychological yeah. creepy... And also, because, of course, you've got your ghost stories, are, are, you know, are, are very much... Yeah, like that a, kind of thing. But yeah. also, at the same time, I like things like uh, Final Destination, that kind of... Especially the second one. Like, mm. Not the comedy element so much, but just the... I think I like the pace of it, and I quite like the story of it. To be it honest, the first a bit the, of a mystery as well. The first and the yeah. second one together, the way that they reference the first one in the second one, I really like the way they tie mm. together. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend Final Destination Five. It's the is that one. the one that references the first one again? Yeah, yeah it's, it's yeah. the one that three and four. Four's mm. terrible. Three's an exceptional horror, but it doesn't really go up to that level but one two and five are the ones i definitely suggest i can't but it's two or see you've finished that i was gonna say two's actually um they're the ones you want but two's the very black comedy which is interesting it's getting back to the idea that two's got a lot of black humor and you say the others again that ghost story it's it's still a type of horror it's a very different type of horror and actually I use this a lot in, in both mm. talking about our comics mm. and the range we have there and also in when and teaching about horror horror is everything from the sort of subtle ghost story of the others mm. to the viscera of soul and everything mm. in between and beyond there's so much variety mm. speaking of comics um, what's it, what do you have a favourite comic or book in the horror genre that yours well, um, actually, well, I'm going to connect this all up now because um, one of my favourite horror stories is by my favourite author, and that's The Hellbound Heart by Clive Barker, which is adapted into the film Hellraiser. Um, and there's the Hellraiser comics, which I, mm. are the early ones, especially I love. And that's what turned into my favourite film ever, which is Hellbound Hellraiser mm. 2, which I think is a hu- my favourite kind of horror in general when this comes across books. Mm. And I think books, films comics is a kind of fantasy horror horror stories and sort of imagination which is why i i love um as i said hellbound harrison too has this dark fantasy horror kind of Mm. feel to it as well as all the gore um and i also like the phantasm series which has a a really surreal first one film but actually the sequels really push the kind of fantasy element of the of the Mm. narrative Um, and my favorite modern horror franchise which I recommend to everyone here is the Insidious films, which... I haven't seen any of those yet, but I do want to. I, I yeah. would recommend them, Sue. So that's what you're saying, actually, because they're, they're about characters, relationship, family. They're very emotional. They take on a very scary journey, but they also have a heavy dose of, of fantasy. And I think, mm. for me, it's the best modern horror franchise. I think mm. horror's gone... Actually, Blumhouse as a company is bringing back that fantasy it's horror. It's good to see, actually. In a very good way. Yeah. So you look at the... Pa- even the paranormal activity series, once you get past the first one, they develop it. It's about demons, there's cults, there's mm. witches. Um, and then you get the, the Sinister series, which is ultimately about you know, demonic entities. 
um, there's a lot more imagination coming back into horror, which and I'm not just about shock value. You know, about exactly. about gore, you know making so. it work more and more um, pushing boundaries of um, you know uh, that sort of you know how much gore and how much violence can we put into this exactly. to shock people? Exactly. Yeah, I mean the Conjuring again. Mm. That series mm. is brilliant. But um, for comics, if I'm going to say something, it's always connected because it's from a concept by Clive Barker. But Next Testament is a recent horror comic that I would. Um, hugely recommend from Boom Studios. Uh, basically, it's about a guy who unearths the Old Testament god uh, called Wick, uh, who is basically a psychotic person who's uh, basically, uh, yeah, decides that the, the world has gone soft and he's going to sort of start changing the world. And so it talks about how, you know, he was imprisoned by his siblings who then went on to write and were very much the New Testament God mm. all loving and sort of peace and thing and he's all about you all know, about the fire and brimstone fire <laughs> and brimstone yeah and, and debauchery cool and, I have to, have to, so that's a good yeah, one that. um, and there's some great independent horror comics out there as well mm. um, many of which were at Bristol Horror Con mm. um, which you should check out yes I'm a big fan of uh, I'm, I'm weirdly enough um, a James Herbert uh um, disciple rather than a Stephen King disciple um, because they, a lot, they say a lot of people this is kind of actually more pr- prior to my generation but um, people who were I suppose you'd call them Generation X rather than we're apparently millennials have you heard this we're millennials that's sad uh, but yes yeah, sort of Generation X you had those who grew up with Stephen King and those who grew up with James Herbert and there were sort of like you know there was kind of cult followings of the two different sort of like you know masters of of, of that sort of period of, of, of horror writing and um, my parents were very much James Herbert people so when I was reading books at home as a, as a kid I was often reading things that they were reading and so um, probably the first horror book that I read and still the best horror book that I've ever read is James Herbert's The Rats it is phenomenal Stunning. that man writes the best descriptive horror i've ever come across his he, he's just his way with words of describing scenes um is just it's able to get into you in a very sort of uh, you know elemental sense of of of, of connection to that I agree. dread yeah he's my second favorite author as i said clive Barker's my mm. favorite author followed by james herbert Followed by Stephen, well, no, not followed by Stephen King. I'm mm. not a big fan of Stephen King, though I'm a fan of some of the adaptations of his work. Mm. Whilst I haven't got myself into a particular horror book or co- or comic series at the moment, one series that I'm really enjoying the development of is um, a series called Ness. Uh, I picked up the first one at uh, Melchum Comic Con, where Chris Welsh was there. Um, Ness is basically a story set in Scotland where, you know how, like, Japan's got Godzilla and so on and so forth? Imagine the Loch Ness monster was real and and he was a real vicious yeah, monster. Yeah, because Godzilla's real. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but what I mean is that... I know what you mean, I'm kidding. Yeah, I backed on Kickstarter. It's great. <laughs> yeah. I was just back for issue two, so yeah. hopefully that comes soon. Yeah. Speaking of random, um, uh, you know, indie uh, horror comics, I picked up um, Sentient Zombie Space Pigs, um, the first and second edition, and I had to, I went back and I found, I rooted them out so I could get, you know, volumes three and four. It's great. It's hilarious and it's great. It's so wrong. <laughs> it is brilliant. It's well worth, mm. well worth checking out. Do you guys read or...? I've only ever read two horror books and... That was probably back maybe 20 years ago. Um, and again, my mum was a, um, a James Herbert fan uh, and she had 
most of most of his books and I read The Raps and The Cottage, is that one? Or yes, something yeah, similar uh, it's one of the later ones I think, yeah. I think is that it what is. it's called, The Cottage? I think it is, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. Mm. Um, so no, not... Not a massive... Not a massive... Horror. That's okay. Horror, no. Um, or Watcher of Horror, <laughs> I must admit. Mm. Oh, go on, fella, you're the youngest here. You must have read Goosebumps at one point. <laughs> uh, not cover to cover. I've I've seen bits of them, but no. No. <laughs> no. I Goosebumps and Point Horror. Mm. I mean, I think we're a generation. I've, yeah, I've oh, seen a lot of them horror. around, but mm. I haven't read them. Uh, I would say, in terms of books, I mean, I didn't mention too much, but I did mention Clive Barker as mm. my favourite author. I was saying, in terms of books, he he's actually. His early stuff in short story collections horror, but his stuff tends to be more fancy. But I think one of the best books for the balance of fantasy and horror are either Weave World or Magicka. I think Magicka leans more towards the the fancy element. There's some really horrific stuff in mm. it and certain demonic characters. And I think it's it's such a strong sense of world building that mm. it creates the whole sense of the Magicka, which is mm. the five realms. And Earth is is the one realm that is long since been cut off from the other four realms and the other four realms you can travel between are essentially four different worlds getting progressively closer to the uh, the first dominion yeah so the earth is the fifth dominion mm. and the first dominion is essentially where, where God exists mm. where long ago God essentially came from the fifth dominion and travelled through the other dominions destroying all the goddesses and old religions establishing itself as the one true God and then hiding in the first dominion it's all mm. about the reconciliation of the fifth dominion with the other dominions and and sort of the the magic is sort of not known about in earth because it's yeah. cut off from the mm. other dominions but there are people who can work magic and summon forth creatures and there's a lot of magical creatures but they're often very demonic and there's mm. a, lot of, a lot of horrific ideas in there so that's, that's a actually strong book. an interesting one in terms of um uh, sort of genres and, and and sort of how horror fits into sort of uh, book genres um I'm a big fan of a, of a fantasy, an epic fantasy writer called Ian Irving. And um, he wrote a, a series, quart, quart, uh, a quartet of books called um, View from the Mirror. And they're very much classic fantasy. He then goes on to write um, another uh, quartet that comes after that, which is very much sort of it's kind of steampunk, spark punk kind of um, sort of magic technology. And it's a bit darker. And then the third trilogy that comes after that is very much, it's all about that there's these creatures that are flesh formed and they're molded out of you know magic and they're used to distort their bodies and corrupted and so on and so forth and it's it's like it, it's like this progression into this darker and darker sort of like the way the world sort of trends into this this sort of and they're all set quite you know each mm. trilogy is quite a big gap between them but this um but i would actually say that the third trilogy borders on horror um simply because it has all of this sort of you know horrific you know, uh, manipulation of creatures and, and uh, um, I mean, there's, there's one particular creature in there which is, um, uh, you know, has this uh, sort of overpositor and tries to sort of lay eggs in people's chest cavities and things and another oh, yeah. one that sort of grows in people's stomachs and then you have to try and, you know, pull it out through people's throats and things. And it, it, it's, Stuff like that Mark as well. And it's really interesting to see because it, it's a progression in his work and the first books are actually very much classic, you know, very much... Um, 
you know, swords and serpents kind of, you know, classic fantasy. And then it sort of trends into this sort of, you know, dark fantasy and then this horrific sort of fantasy, you know, towards the end. So it's, it's really quite mm. cool. As I say, I think it yeah. sort of shows that horror can just lay to things. It can mm. add to things. It can change the tone, but it doesn't necessarily... There's very few things that I would say are purely horror mm. in that way. Oddly enough, I think one of the only genres that really works as a horror genre is, is the slasher film, weirdly enough, mm. because it it, it, it it grew out of more sort of serial killers or thrillers or scaring and grew into its own place where there's nothing really... It's not even that scary, but it's mm. all about the blood, the gore, and people being picked off one by one by a killer... In, it's quite again, formulaic in a way. Yeah, it? yeah. but again, it, it, and that also evolves out of the kind of murder mystery, weirdly enough. Mm. But it's evolved to a point where the the violence, the gore, the the slashings yeah. themselves are the points. So there isn't really any once you take them out. Once you take yeah. the horror element, I would out, also say really that the, the classic zombie film. Which is kind of like a survival kind of you know situation. Maybe maybe you could say that equates a bit to a, more to a, a natural disaster. But you know, like your yeah, Night of the Living Dead and your Dawn of the Dead kind of films, I would say were probably closer to what would be a core of horror. Mm. But at the same time, you're either looking at the fantasy aspects of, mm. the, of the voodoo or the science fiction aspects of the viral infection. Mm. Suddenly, you sort of realise there's a way of telling the same story without horror. And I yeah. think that's quite interesting. How. Yeah. How you can how you can make that work? Yeah, so you've got sort of that. You know, you can have something that's more towards a core of horror. You know, but you know around that. But um, but yeah, it's, it's all sort of in the way to do with the way you portray it and the way you sort of the tone you you. you sort exactly. Of, I mean, yeah. horror can be a gory effect. It can be jump scare. There's different things you can create to create mm. that sense of horror. I was wondering out of any of the films and projects that we've worked on, actually, if there was any particular moments or effects or tricks that we've um, done ourselves that you remember being particularly effective? Well, one of my proudest accomplishments, I think, was what we did. Well, this is actually with a project we haven't um, completed yet, but um, uh, with uh, the Le Marchand project, um, sort of Hellraiser uh, fan film that we're you know working on, we did... Um, some work in that one to well it was a kind of a, it was obviously you know to emulate you know things that mm. were you know used in, in in those films and um and we we sort of rigged up um chains in in the room and and, and it's amazing it, and it did we used a whole sort of 200 odd meters worth of chain to sort of rig up this whole sort of network and we had parts passing through people's hands at spoiler alert um, and things like that and and it just it just it worked so well and it was it was really nice as well to be able to create something that was like an homage as well to things that had been done before and and I, I really think we did it justice which is why I think that's one of my favorite things that we've done I think also mine's from probably something <laughs> now yeah I think in terms of effectiveness there's a there's a scene shot in a, in a bathroom on carnival which I think is probably one of the best horror sequences in terms of getting across what I, I wanted and um and, and just working in the way I think I was really happy with how it turned out. I thought it was dark, I thought it was creepy, it had the mm -hmm. right lighting, it had the right atmosphere. Um, adding smoke to anything always mm -hmm. adds to atmosphere, I think. Um, in terms of other things, I think there's always stuff in, in most of our projects, I think, that it's like, like that bit, that bit works, that that really was mm -hmm. what I wanted. I think, again, in, in Zombie Vampires, if you sort of, take a look at that there's some there's some just great moments where i think 
I know the effect really works. Like the the finger in the in the in the of the lead vampire's face actually, it's gross, but it's a really nice effect that I think sells the moment. It's kind of really icky, mm. really gory, but equally in terms of just being sort of atmospheric and a, and a bit creepy, I actually think the garden scene in that as well. I think um, on the uh, Gabriel Cushing um, short, The Stall of the Dam, the lo- in terms of locations, the pub that we shot that at, um, that kind of, especially when we filmed upstairs in the room, that just seemed to give a, a creepy kind of unsettling kind of mood Void. to it. So yeah. I, think, I think that particular film, the location or short or whatever it, you'd class it mm. as, that the location seemed to really make that have its... And a feeling to it, I think. Yeah, no, I quite excited know. about that one because that one will be coming out, um, well, sometime in the next year and um, will be, you know, one of the ones we'll be putting up free for people to watch online. Um, mm-hmm. So as we're, as we're taking Carnival around the festival scene, you will also get to see some of Gabriel's other adventures um, in, in Strange Encounters. So, mm. exciting. so, yeah, watch out for all of those. I think my favourite ones are the cheesy ones from Killer <laughs> Coat that you can, you can go and watch now. Um I've got two. Uh, the bit where um, the coat falls down from the tree. Um, it worked so well, didn't it? I mean, so much <laughs> yeah. better than I thought it was mm. going to. And that's just another example of what I was saying, which is stuff, yeah. there's little bits in all of them mm. that are great. Actually, um, yeah, were you going to say, by any chance, the other bit where it crawls across the floor and climbs up? Um, that is also very that awesome. That actually is probably one of my favourite things I've ever done, is um, there's a scene in, in, in Killer Coat where the coat crawls behind a sofa and then it, it, it crawls on its own over the back of the sofa and then over the floor um, over the floor and then climbs up Luke's side and onto his shoulders and it, it each individual part was done with a different technique and it all cut together beautifully and it's just one of my favourite things and in fact actually I've just done a, a little featurette for the Killer Coat DVD, which we've now uh, brought out, which and it's one of the main. I actually show that whole scene in full in the middle and it's just talk through how we did each bit. Interesting because so. uh, in the commentary, mm-hmm. I think I mentioned actually I, mm-hmm. that was so good. I thought I didn't quite get it right in terms of Christian's reaction. I still regret it because I think that stuff is so good. And for me, for projection point of view, I thought I need to get the stuff around it as good. I don't. I, I that be, still bugs me. To be fair, I think part of the reason for that. Sorry, Ben. We'll get back to yours in a minute. Um, Part of the reason for that is because um, it was so technically demanding as to how we were going to do all of these different moves that actually uh, I don't think we actually shot the reaction shots at the same time as doing it. We, we, We pretty much shot the reaction shots in advance and then we spent the next mm. three hours figuring out how to move the coat and how to get it to work and how to settle it on his shoulders and all of that. I don't think um, Chris was uh, 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 Christian was even in the room when we did that. I don't think he um, we, we that wasn't done at the same time. Oh, no, and absolutely. that's probably part of the reason why it was a little oh, bit yeah, but uh, it's disjointed. Just like the effects but, are so good. I just mm. like, on my side done more justice. Mm. The other one from Killer Coat has to be the chip shop scene. Everybody's um, favourite. <laughs> It also shows just how sadistic the coat can be <laughs> because not only does he batter the poor guy's hand and then eat it off while he's still alive, but to add insult to injury, he then throws boiling uh, fat <laughs> on his face. <laughs> it's just for it, the fun of it. No, <laughs> it's not. It's to make him more delicious So when the coat actually eats him proper. Yeah. It, it's weird. It's one of those things where when we first did it, I was, I was like, oh, I don't know, is it a little bit... The more I look back at it, the more I feel that we did an amazing job with the effects on that one. Even things like the bit where we, we stab... 
Luke in the neck with the knitting needle. Yeah. Um, the the way we cut together the sort of the close up of it pressing against his skin with then a, a further out shot with the prosthetic. The only one shot. That's, that's a bit dodgy is when you can see the prosthetic yeah, but but when he does the pulling out and you just use a bit of shaky camera to show that you can't see where it's coming out but it works and it I, i'm just i look at it and i'm, I'm almost mind-boggling as to how we achieved all of that on no budget and virtually no experience i, I think one thing actually and this is something i i mm. think we could learn for future is almost like as we got more skilled and i think this goes for other people mm. and we got more able to do technical effects and prosthetics mm. The temptation to show it more and to and to rely on that more and less on sort of trickery and things is actually sometimes potentially detrimental. Sometimes mm. not being able to show it and having to be more yeah. playful can be more productive. And I think going forward, we do mm. need to think if we do any more sort of effects kind of stuff. It's, yeah. it's like, right... We can do the yeah. more elaborate effects and golfing, but where do we draw the line? How yeah. do we cut around it? But I think, I think um, and obviously this is something that will, you know, people won't be able to see yet, but we'll, we'll sort of uh, in the in the coming year when we bring Carnival to the the, the big screen is that um, we ha- we have some scenes in there where we've got some really quite impressive prosthetic work and it's shown in quite detail and it it works. So there's mm. there's something to be said for 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 being cautious in what you show but there's also something to be said that, that actually we, we've learned a lot and we are able to do a lot more impressive things than we were so you know even though i you know i love the stuff that we did on killer coat i also look at how much we've done in oh, carnival definitely. and how impressive some of the, the effects and, the, and, the, and especially the sets that we built were in in that for you know how far we've come it's, it's always a, a balancing act. i personally am also a big fan of killer coat but that might be just because my um my feelings towards that black comedy horror, you know, kind of slightly silly elements to it. Um, I think I should give a big shout out though to Threefold, which was one of our first shorts that we did as a um, as a group, um, which I think has some really interesting and clever effects to it and clever ideas to it. Yeah. And okay, it's it doesn't really hold up as much as our more mod- our more recent stuff. But parts of it do and parts of it don't. Yeah. I would say that because you can go and watch this one online now on the Great Escape, and uh, the 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 final moment mm. uh, at the very end uh, still makes me cringe. Still yeah. makes me flinch when I watch it, and that that worked really well. So there's, exactly. there's obviously other parts of it. You know, you can see that it's very much an and project, it's... but there are certain parts in it which really did work very well. Exactly. So I think that uh, that definitely needs to see some love. So. If you go onto our site, you can watch Threefold, you can watch um, Killer Coat, and you can watch Zombie Vampires, and you can see how we progressed through, through our horror styles. So I hope you'll all be uh, out there creating new horror and new horrific things for Halloween, whether it's a costume or a cupcake or a short story or a movie. Or murder scene. Well, that just me. <laughs> just you. <laughs> mm. So I guess that wraps it up for this episode of Breakout. So, as Chrissy said, please let us know your plans for Halloween, your favourite horror films, comics and books, um, what you're thinking of doing, um, and share it on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash thegreatesc. So, from Felic, Ben, Chrissy, Mark, and myself, Rich, it's bye for now. And happy Halloween! (laughs) Halloween!